No intro, no music, no pro wrestling tease ad, nothing. This is going to be different. I'm not even going to record this on my actual studio recording setup. I'm just going to do this on my phone. For anybody that, that is, is tuning into this episode based on what the title is, if you think that what you're going to be hearing is me shooting on some people and, and maybe trying to bury some of my past colleagues, that's not what this is going to be. If that's what you're looking for, you can go ahead and, and turn this episode off right now. I'm not expecting this episode to get a lot of plays, actually, because this is this is going to be the one time that I actually get a little personal on this show. And, and the only reason that I'm even doing it is because I think it's going to be therapeutic, or at least I hope it's going to be. I might get fucking buried for doing it. I don't know, but I there's some things that I've been holding in, and I just I, I, I really want to get them off my chest. You know, there was just a, I think just a few weeks ago, somebody that was <clears throat> a member of this, this, this talking shop Patreon group that I used to be a part of, you know, that, that led me to being on the, the talking shop after show, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Somebody from that group had messaged my wife on Instagram and said something to the effect of, oh, I was surprised to hear uh, that you guys left the Patreon. I didn't leave shit. I got fucking fired. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I unsubbed after I got fired. I mean, wouldn't you? Especially in this situation. I felt like I was I was made to look like an asshole. I wasn't going to stick around for that. But let's go ahead and get into it. How did all this start? Where did it begin? I talked a little bit on here before about how you know, I, I was I was on this after show. It's the after show for, for Talking Shop. I'm not going to say the name of the show. I'm not going to say the name of people involved in the show. Just because, it, it you know, I'm sure they wouldn't appreciate having their, their shit on blast on out here. Even though, like I said, I'm not, I'm not here to be talking negative. I'm not here to shoot on anybody. I still, out of consideration, I'm still, I'm, I'm going to try to not use too many names on here. But I've been open about how I was a part of that community, and it led to me being on the show. Um, Talking Shop was a really bright spot in 2020 for me, because as we all know, that year fucking sucked. And it was super sweet that I knew that there was going to be a show every week that would air, and it would make me forget about all of the crap that was going on in the world, even if it was just for 20 or 30 minutes. I fucking loved that show, and I feel like I, to this day I owe a lot of my happiness from the last year to that show. They pushed their Patreon really big on that show. You know, the, every episode they were talking about join the Patreon, join the Patreon. We do this thing called boozing with the boys, where you get to jump in a Zoom call, get drunk with us. That sounded like a hell of a lot of fun. So I did it. Became a very active member of that group. Uh, fuck, being in being in that group reminded me of my love of songwriting. You know, when I moved to Georgia, I, I, I had written like two songs since I had moved here. The first one, it took me a year and a half to write, you know, after the year and a half after I moved to Georgia. The second one was after two years. And then I get to talk and chop and I'm, I've got songs coming out of my ass now. Because, I don't know, something about, something about that the energy, it, it, it it really revitalized my love for making music, and and I'm so appreciative of that. And I try to write music more now. <clears throat> but uh, you know, things progress through the Patreon, and we, we kind of build 
a family, you know, and, and, and it really hurts saying that word now, and hopefully by the, the end of this episode, you'll know why, but we built a family, and at, at some point, the guys go and do an interview during their promotional run for Talking Shopamania 2, they interview with another podcast, and one of the guys on this other podcast has kind of brings up the idea about, hey, what if you guys had an after show? And they like the idea, so then they run with it, and they start this after show. It's exclusive to their Patreon page, so that was the only way you could listen to the show is if you were on that Patreon page. And it was another thing. You know, it, it was more content, which I was all about. I was paying $20 a fucking month. I'll take as much content as I could get. And a, a big thing that these guys wanted to do was, you know, one of them was was really adamant about, like I said earlier, that family thing. He, he really wanted to, to, to carve out this, like, like group of top fans. And, and everybody w- was quote-unquote treated like family and uh that was that was a big thing with with, with one of the hosts on that show and a thing that he wanted to do a, a thing to piggyback off of that was he, he wanted to bring on people from the patreon and interview them on this show i was one of the first people he had asked to bring on like the day before my interview he changes it and he says hey man how about you just become the third host and i was over the moon because I'd always wanted to do something. When I was a kid, I had two dreams. One was to be a rock star, and the other one, if the rock star thing didn't work, I wanted to be a radio DJ. That's basically what a podcaster is. you know. So, so for me, this was huge, and it was a big deal. And I had always envisioned in my head what it would be like to be a podcast host. Remember that sentence. I had always envisioned in my head what it would be like to be a podcast host. Because that's going to come back later. And I think that that sentence is probably a source of a lot of my problems going forward. So I wound up joining the show. First episode was a lot of fun. I feel like the three of us had a fun dynamic. We had a good talk. Talked a lot about, you know, Wrestle Kingdom was, was about to air. And we were all super excited about that. We're all New Japan marks. And, and I had a great time talking about that. And then a couple episodes in, we do one of my first interviews. We interview... Uncle Bobby Ferguson, also known as Bob Keller, my future commentary partner, the guy that actually broke me into the business. We interview him on one of my first episodes. And I kind of just, I kind of just stepped all over everybody. And I I, kind of just took control of the interview or tried to take control of the interview. And that became a common theme. Like, I didn't realize I was doing it. I didn't realize that I had kind of I was slowly turning this into the Rob show. I I did not realize it. And this is not the first time it happened. Nobody really said anything after that interview. <clears throat> a couple episodes later, we interviewed Doc Gallows. He actually texted me asking what time we were recording because they had just, uh, when they announced their, their Super 7 figures, which to this day, I, I think they're supposed to come out in like a month or so. But at this point, they had you know announced the pre-orders, and on Super Seven side, I think the pre-orders only run for like a week. So he had messaged me and talked about coming on the show and, and trying to push those figures some more. So I talked to the boys, and we we got it set up. And Gallows comes on the show, and I one hundred percent just 
I stepped over everybody on that, and and I I was kind of any questions that my co-host had, I was just going over them with my own questions, and I was a thousand percent in the wrong there, and I didn't realize it. I just kind of got caught up in the moment. Like I said, you know, I had thought before what it would be like to be a podcast host, and in my mind, I forgot everybody else was in the room. If you're going to be on a show with two other hosts, that's not a thing you can do. You've got you've to gotta be better at that kind of shit. And starting off, I was not. We do the interview. A few days later, a week later, something like that. Gallows sets up a group message with me and, and one of the other hosts about wanting to do this, this watch-along. And he needs somebody to host it and, and gave the details and everything. And I just jumped up and was yeah, I got it. And we'll do it this way. And I wanted to try using Discord because we had been using Zoom. And just for me, I always felt like Discord was easier to use. But, you know, for, for some people, I guess I just didn't take into consideration. It's a little bit tougher on other people's computers. Whatever. That's neither here nor there. But I, I had kind of just taken the reins. And I had this idea of what I wanted to do. And my one of my co-hosts was the guy that normally handled stuff like this he was the watch along guy and i once again just kind of stepped over him and he wound up texting me about it and he he was he was hot at me and uh was he i'm trying to remember what he said he said something to the effect of you just want to take the whole fucking show from me i didn't know what he meant i he was fucking with me which is remember that because that's going to come back again later i he was fucking with me no he was mad uh, and he brought up the, the interview and he was like, you know, the other guy had all these other fucking questions that he wanted to ask and he couldn't get them out because of you. And I sat there and I thought, and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I didn't realize that <laughs> I had just, I just completely spaced and I, I, I was treating it like me and Gallows were the only people in the room. And that was wrong of me. I'm not defending me. And, and there's going to be a lot of cases throughout this where I'm not going to be defending me. I was a thousand percent wrong here. And I tried my best to reconcile and dude, I apologize. If there's anything I could do to make up for it, I, I, I'm not in any way, shape, or form trying to step on anybody's toes. I'm still new to this. And the fact of the matter is, I had this idea in my head of what it would be like. And I'm not, it's not clicking that this show is not going to be what I always thought being on a podcast was like. You know, I've always been a very structured individual even with this show with main event heat i'm structured usually with the exception of this episode i'm at my computer i've got a notepad filled up with all the stuff that i want to talk about in bullet points so i know when to go where to go whatever this this show was supposed to be like talk and shop and I'm not breaking any new ground whenever I say this, but my, my old co-host had said before, you know, whenever he started his original podcast, the idea was he wanted it to be like Talk and Shop. And considering that this show was an after show for them, he was in the right here, <laughs> you know? A thousand percent should have been just like Talk and Shop because it would have been on brand. It made sense. But in my head, I've always been a more structured guy. Once again... I don't win this argument. There's no reason I should win this argument because it makes sense for him to want the show to be that way. And I had just kind of, throughout the seven months I was on that show, I feel like, you know, in hindsight, maybe I tried making the show too much in 
my image of what I thought a podcast should be. And that's the thing that sucks about hindsight is, you know, you don't notice it until after it happens. And I've had, at this point now, let's see, when did I leave? July? Fucking, it's October now. I've had a few months to think about this. And that's why I'm doing this. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm admitting that, you know, even though I was pissed about everything that happened, I didn't make it any easier on myself. Now, to move forward, I feel like we moved past the, the Doc Gallows thing pretty quick. I apologize for, for taking control of that interview and not letting anybody else get in a word edgewise. And I feel like I feel like we did pretty good after that. And we moved on, and, and we had some good episodes. We interviewed Rocky a shitload of times. At some point, after a few months, one of the co-hosts has to leave the show. Because it was, you know, coming into the summertime, his shoot job was getting really, really busy. He just did not have the time to record. So he wound up, after I think after missing about a month's worth of, of recordings, he wound up messaging my other co-host and said that he wasn't going to, he just wasn't going to do it anymore. And I feel like, as far as my stay on that program, that was the beginning of the end. I feel like the dynamic changed. I liked it whenever it was the three of us. I did a lot. I feel like I feel like we cut up a lot easier. I feel like the show was a lot funnier. There's a lot of jokes. And a lot of laughing. And I feel like the jokes and the laughing kinda kinda left whenever whenever that, that, that uh ex co host of mine left. And not to mention him and the other co host had been recording a show together for years at this point. Like I said earlier. They already had an established podcast before coming over and doing this one. They had been doing this for a long time. So they had a great dynamic. And a lot of the show was just me feeding off their dynamic. Now it's just me and the other guy. And that's whenever it gets different. Because this is at a time, I think right before the Blue Wire deal happened. So, you know, for anybody that doesn't know, Talking Shop used to be on the MLW radio network. This past summer, they moved over to Blue Wire. Before the Blue Wire deal, the show, there wasn't a lot of substance. You know, even whenever there was a new episode, it was not the full group. It would, every once in a while, we might get Gallows and Anderson in a hotel shooting the shit. Sometimes it would be uh, Rocky and the producer Emilio, you know, recanting everybody with stories of their past. But most of the time it was clip shows. Or it was... They would take the Patreon-exclusive episodes that were behind a paywall, and then they'd put those out for free. So, so there was a lot of times during this time period, whenever our, when the, the other co-host of, of our show left, where there wasn't a lot for us to talk about. And considering that we're a talking shop after show, that then kind of put a damper in things. So, what did I default to? Well, I had just started doing Larry Otto more regularly, and in my mind, it's talking shop related because that's Doc Gallows' promotion, so it fits, right? So I thought that maybe people would like to hear about my experiences at Lariato. I can talk about, you know, the backstage stuff and then and, and talk about what is it like working with this guy and that guy and what's it like being around Gallows and you know, I I never I never got any actual feedback on this. So I don't know if what I'm about to say is true or not. This is an assumption. I feel like there was probably a lot of people that did not like that. 
because it was about me. It wasn't about talking shop. Completely off-brand. Once again, the idea that I had for a show doesn't necessarily correlate to what this show should have been. I've never had anybody write me or, or text me or call me and say, dude, you gotta stop talking about you so much. But I'm sure that there was probably people that were listening going, why the fuck am I listening to this right now? This has nothing to do with any of the shit that I want to hear about. Once again, it's a fault of mine. I did not understand the assignment. We do the Baltimore trip, you know, for, for Talking Shop Live. That was um, as fun as it was. Because there, there was a lot of fun to be had. I think a lot of people saw more of the the real me. And I think the real me rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I'm I'm a more... I'm a more quiet guy than I, I put myself off to be on this show. I used to say, whenever I was on Talking Shop all the time, I, I used to say, you know, I, I've, I've got to turn this shit up. I've got to be a character in order to get through this. I would even use that defense, like, if, if something happened on the show. I was being a fucking character. I was being over the top, because I have to be over the top in order to do this. Because the normal me is kind of fucking boring. The normal me is pretty quiet, like, to just sit back and observe. You know, I... I my wife, even, she can't stand it. Like, we went... I, I've talked on here before, we went to those impact savings a few weeks ago. Everybody else is out of their chairs, hooting and hollering, chanting and screaming. I'm sitting in my chair, arms crossed, just observing. If I saw something I like, I clapped. If I saw something I didn't like, I just didn't make any noise at all. And that's not because I didn't enjoy the show. That's how I enjoy shit. That's just the kind of fan that I am. And it drives my wife nuts because she always thinks I'm not having a good time. No, it's the exact opposite. And I think it's the same thing in, in Baltimore, you know? We all go out, there was a, a friend of ours that was in a, a local band, and we all went to, to their show and watched them, and everybody else was dancing on the dance floor. I tried to get up once in a while, but I, I was mostly just sitting on a bar still watching. And I'm sure that a lot of people probably look at me going, is this dude even having a good fucking time? Why is he even here? And it probably doesn't help that I've got a pretty bad case of rest and bitch face that I, I, I didn't really realize until recently. But no, that's just the kind of guy I am. I'm I'm very quiet. I don't like being bothered. I'm a very private guy. This episode, you're never going to get anything like this ever again on this on this podcast because I I don't want to talk about my private life. That's for me. It's not for everybody else. This is the most personal that I'm going to get. I hope you enjoy it. I doubt many people are going to listen to this episode, but for those of you guys that do, I hope you enjoy it. This is this is it, really. You know, um, I actually, quick sidebar, I had last night was uh, Championship Wrestle from Atlanta, and I was there, I was doing music for the night, and I, w I was backstage talking with Alexander Koloff, who's a guy I've, I've been on a few shows with, you know, we're friendly. We don't really know each other, but, you know, we're, we're friendly. We talk, you know, a little bit at these shows. And there was a point where it was just me and him in the locker room. And he asked me, he said, hey, man, you doing all right? I was like, I'm fine. He's like, well, you just, you know, you were quiet. Wanted to wanted to check in. I was like, no, dude, like, I'm, I'm just quiet, you know? I, I like to observe, you know, especially in this locker room. I'm a fucking greenhorn. I'm not trying to... 
I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. I'm just kind of, you know, speak if spoken to kind of thing. Wrestling locker rooms are weird. You know, there's all these, like, unwritten rules, and I don't know which ones exist and which ones don't. So I kind of just sit there and, you know, like I said, try not to speak unless spoken to and just and just look pretty. And he tells me, he said, you know, man, uh, when I got started in this business, I had kind of gotten a reputation with some of the guys that I worked with. They thought I was an asshole because I would just go in the locker room and I'd just keep to myself. I, I wouldn't really talk to anybody. I just, I just kind of sit there and get changed and not really bother anyone. And it's not because I wanted to be an asshole. It's not because I, I had problems with anybody. It's not because I didn't want to talk. It's just I'm a quiet guy. And for some reason, it got me a reputation, you know, and, and he had told me, he's like, you know, so just, just keep stuff like that in mind. This is, you know, it's a weird business. It's a weird business. And, and, and you're, you know, a lot of people are going to perceive a lot of things and just try to make sure that they perceive positives about you. And I really appreciated him telling me that because that is something I need to work on because as this episode goes on and as the stuff I've talked about earlier, that's been an issue. Where the normal me just likes to sit back, not bother anybody. I think I'm not bothering anybody, but apparently I fucking am bothering everybody. And 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 I'd like to thank Alexander Koloff for for you know taking a few minutes to have that discussion with me last night because I I think that that discussion paired with another thing that I'll get to later is why I'm doing this episode. So Baltimore happened. I think a lot of people saw the real me, and I don't think they liked the real me. Which, you know, I get it. You got used to seeing this thing on your computer screens every week. And then you meet me in person. And I'm just not that fun. And I'm sure that soured a lot of people. I apologize. I didn't, you know, for anybody that, that came out of Baltimore with a bad taste in their mouth towards me, I apologize. I'm going to tell you that right now. I really do. Getting back to getting back to you know getting back home after that and had a couple of more lariato runs the uh the big sizzling summer tour kicked off a couple of weeks after after baltimore and my heart wasn't super in it at that point and you know it's it's not to say that how do I word this? I felt like I just kind of had my fill. Baltimore was a lot. Uh, three days surrounded by all of these people in person that I normally only see once, maybe twice a week through the computer screen. And it was just a lot for me. You know, I, I've got really bad anxiety. Super fucking terrible anxiety. I haven't really talked about this ever. I don't think I even said this on that podcast. And... Hell, most of my fucking best friends I've never even said this to, but I'm, I'm going to say it here just because I, I feel like it's it's an important thing to talk about. Mental health is a very important thing. When I was in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with bipolar depression and social anxiety. The social anxiety part's fucking rough, especially being in the industry that I'm in and, and you're surrounded by a lot of people. I have, feel like I have an easier time backstage at wrestling events than I do in the crowd because there's significantly less people backstage. But I think the the social anxiety shit really got to me from Baltimore. And I kind of just wanted a break from everything. 
but I couldn't really take a break. I had the podcast. We had these watch-alongs at least once a week. And instead of doing what I should have done and just messaging my, my co-host and saying, you know what, dude, I need to take like two weeks completely to myself not do any of this. I, I really need to recharge. Instead of doing that, I just I just push through everything. And I made a lot of fucking backhanded comments about how I didn't want to participate in the watch alongs, but I was just gonna do it and and I was making a lot of snarky comments and I'm sure that, that probably rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I was being a dick. I was a thousand percent being a dick. I should have just said, hey buddy let me take a couple of weeks to myself. I apologize. You might need to get somebody to fill in for me on the show for a couple of weeks, but I'll be back and, and I'll be better than ever. <clears throat> I was not taking my mental health into consideration. And I also was not taking into consideration how I was making other people feel. I was being a prick. And I think that that, more than anything, probably led to what happened next. July 19th. A day I will never fucking forget. I get a text message from my co-host. And he tells me he's got to relieve me of my duties on the show. And, he, and, and I thought he was ribbing me. For, it took a, several messages. It actually wasn't until I physically called him that the realization set in. He said that some people had complained. And apparently the complaints got to Rocky. And some people had threatened to unsubscribe. If I remained a part of, of the podcast and, and the content creation and all that shit. And, <clears throat> you know, they, they couldn't have that. So I had to go. <sighs> Fuck. God, this is... I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to compose myself. <clears throat> So yeah, they, they got in a lot of these messages and, and, and said I had to go. So I didn't know what to do with that information. I was stuck somewhere between sad and angry. Sad because, God, what the fuck could I have done to warrant that kind of reaction? And angry because, fuck them, you're really gonna, you're really gonna fucking kick me off? Because a few people threaten to unsubscribe? You're taking money out of fucking Talking Shop's podcast pockets. Not my fucking pockets. I don't make shit from this. I had to fucking pay to fly to Baltimore. I paid for my fucking hotel room. I never made a dime off that show. I never made a dime off of the fucking Larry Otto vlog or the interviews or the music or anything. The fuck are you going to take money from them for? Why are you going to take it from me? You know, or you think you're taking it from me. You're fucking not. But, uh... But that, I guess that's what happened. And I tried to ask for details. You know, well, what are these things that I supposedly did? And my co-host would not go into detail with me. And he was like, oh, just be like that, you know? Which pissed me off. Like, that, more than anything, just sent me into anger. And I, I, I can't help but feel like I probably covered, in this episode, I probably covered some of the issues. If, if they did, in fact, exist, I probably covered some of them here. I was a fucking prick. At the time, I didn't realize it. You know, it, it's so important. It's really important in life. Just, you, you really got to take a step back sometimes and just observe everything. Am I doing the best job that I could possibly be doing right now? And at this time, I wasn't. 
and I didn't realize it. I do now. In hindsight, hindsight's a fucking bitch, like I said. But... So that happens. I I thought I was living in the twilight zone that whole day. I was like, there's no fucking way this happened. It, it is all of this really gone? All of it. And then the next morning I woke up and I... I fucking cried my ass off. I screamed even. Slammed my head against the desk and I just... I fucking bawled. Because even though I had been neglecting everything... For, for for a few weeks at that point, at least. I I felt like it was a big part of me, and I felt like that was my home, and I just lost it. And it seemed like the others involved couldn't care. And that upset me. It upset me a lot. And I took a day or two to deal with it. And then by... Wednesday or Thursday, I decided to start this, Main Event Heat, which the name of the show comes in reference to the heat that I got getting fired from, from that podcast. It's the whole reason I named the show this. I've actually, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release this, I've actually got a sticky note. I had like three or four other names that I, that I was thinking about, and then I just, once I finally got Main Event Heat, I was like, oh fuck yeah, that's the one. I need to put that out on social media one day. But yeah, now we're here. And uh, since then, you know, I, I, I've done a... I feel like I've done a pretty good job on the show. We charted on Apple recently in, in, the, in the States. And that was a super cool achievement. Something that I'll, I'll always be able to hang my hat on. And hopefully, you know, we continue to chart in the future. I've I've got to interview some of my friends. I, I've talked about topics that I want to talk about. The show is, is structured in the way I would like. And it should have been like this to begin with. You know, I I I I probably should have just started this show on the side. If I really wanted this structure, I should not have tried putting it onto the after show i shouldn't have done that i was in the wrong for trying to do that it makes sense for that show to be more like talking shop because it's the fucking talking shop after show i tried to make everything about me and and that was that's a huge flaw of mine and that was not the first time i've done it and unfortunately i'm sure it's not gonna be the last time my ex-co-host for a couple of weeks seem to even be listening to the shows and, and would and would send me text messages and say, hey, congrats, you know, it was a good episode. And even though I didn't really want to talk to him, I was still kind of mad at him. I was I was really mad that he just wanted to blow past the part that he just fucking fired me. <laughs> and one act like that never happened. But there's no point in getting upset. So I, I told him thank you each time. Thank you so much. No point in, in trying to start a fight. There isn't. I just got to move on. Life is way too short to dwell on that shit. Last night, after I got home from from Championship Wrestling from Atlanta, I made a, a post on my social media, uh, me backstage with a headset on, doing music production. 
and it was something, you know, it was another thing I can add to the resume. It was, it was pretty stressful. 22 matches that I had to, had to do music for. And, uh, for anybody that's ever worked with Dave Marquez, that's not exactly a friendly person to have in your ear all night. Thankfully, didn't motherfuck me too much. I think I, I, I did a pretty good job being on time with my cues, but, uh, God, those poor cameramen, <laughs> those poor fucking cameramen. I heard every bit of it, but I made this post on social media. I was, I was, I was happy. Um, I'm doing something that I love. Being a part of the wrestling industry is, is so important to me. And my co-host commented on my post from his personal Facebook account and commented with just two eye-rolling emojis. And I was pissed. I was pissed. It's like, if you can't be happy for me, then fucking leave me alone. Why? I haven't gone on any of your social media and fucking blasted you over anything. Why are you doing that to me? And I deleted the comment and I unfriended him. And I woke up this morning and, and I said, you know what? I'm getting this off my chest. I'm sorry if, if I fucking put such a bad taste in your mouth that you feel the need to do that to me. I have not done that to you. I haven't bashed anything on this fucking podcast. I haven't come on here and spoke ill of any of you. I haven't, I'm going to be frank, I have not listened to the after show. I don't know if they've said anything about me. I have no idea. I don't want to know. That's where I'm at right now. If you can't be happy for somebody, then leave them alone. And I'm going to be real with you. I have a hard time being happy for those folks. I do. Because even though, like I said, I... Fucked up several times. I did. I was still fired. How many times have you guys ever gotten fired from a job and you were, you know, still cool with the owner afterwards? Probably not many. You know? That's not to say that I wish anything ill on anyone, because I don't. I hope that you get everything that you want in life. I hope that you get happiness. I, on the other hand... I'm not going to be going out of my way to congratulate you. That's not to say that I hate you. It's not to say that I even dislike you. That is to say that this was a fractured relationship that I still have not recovered from. And it's as simple as that. If you feel the need in the future, this is anybody, if you feel the need in the future to loudcat me or, or, or shit on me or fucking roll your eyes at my accomplishments... You'd be doing yourself a favor by just leaving me alone. Because I'm not gonna motherfuck you. I'm not gonna block you. I'll unfriend you. I'll unfollow you. That's exactly what I did in this situation. But I'm not gonna start a fight with you over it. I don't wanna fight with you. I just wanna live my goddamn life. I'm happy. Let me be happy. I feel like my co-host probably resents me a little bit. Because I think the way he see it the way he sees it, a, a reason that a lot of things happened for me is because of him. You know, I, I think he, he sees that if he never would have brought me on that podcast, then I wouldn't have achieved the things that I have. Because the simple fact of the matter is that interview that we did with Bob Keller is what led me to being a commentator. He needed a color commentator. He needed somebody he knew he could talk. He knew I could talk because I had interviewed him. So that's why he asked me to do it. And I think that my ex-co-host looks at that 
and says that everything that's happened after that, it's because of me. I fucking brought him there. I'll be honest with you. It's because of you that the first part happened. If it wasn't for that interview with Bob, he never would have asked me to sit in with him. A thousand percent true. But you're not the one that went to him the next night and asked to sit on commentary again. You're not the one that a month later at the show in May messaged Gallows and said, hey, I had a conversation with Bob. He thinks a three-man booth would be a good idea since Brett's going to be doing ring announcing. He'd like to have somebody to throw stuff to during the bumpers. You know, what do you think about me sitting in? What do you think about me being a permanent fixture? You're not the one that sent that message. I did. This stuff at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. That's not you. That's me. You can't just say because I did this one thing, everything else that happens after it is 100% because of me. If that's the case, then if my fucking dad would have pulled out, none of this would have happened. So it's all attributed to that, actually. If that's what you want to be fucking honest with. You know, if it wasn't for my driving instructor passing me whenever I was 17, I wouldn't be driving a car right now. So, you know, is the fucking Impreza in my fucking garage, is that because of my driving instructor? It gets to a point where you take it from there. I took it from there after the first time. And I'm, I'm sorry that if what I just said upsets you in any way. If you ever listen to this, I don't know if you will. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm not trying to fire fucking shots here. I'm just saying this. If you can't be happy for me, that's fine. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. If me and you never talk again, it is what it is. And I apologize if I ever upset you, if I ever, if you feel I ever wronged you. But if that's going to be the case, then just leave me the fuck alone. You do your show to the best of your abilities. I'm going to do my show to the best of my abilities. You know, and I noticed those text messages... Those good jobs and those congratulations, they stopped after I interviewed Zicky. And I feel like, and this is assuming, I could be wrong here. I feel like there's, you know, based on prior knowledge, there was probably some resentment there. Because whenever I first joined the after show, one of the first things that I said was, hey, I should talk to Zicky Dice about coming on here and doing an interview. And I talked to him several times about it. And he always agreed to it. But we can never get a date. Which, I think you guys are familiar with Zicky. He's a busy fucking guy. Whenever I interviewed him on here, I had to badger him for like a week and a half. I hated doing that. I fucking hated doing that. I'll never do that again. If, if I ever ask anybody else to interview, if we can't nail down a date right out of the gate, I'm just, I'm not going to worry about it. And that was something I was open about on, on, on the after show. Hey, did you hear back from Zicky? Yeah, I texted him the other day and I haven't heard anything. I'm not going to push it further than that. I tried at least four or five times to get him on that podcast. Fuck, there was the night whenever we were in Dublin. Me and Zicky were sharing a hotel and I hopped onto a watch long. And I had said to him right there in the fucking hotel, Hey, man, you should come on do an interview. You said it too. And he said, yeah. And I had followed up with him about it. And we couldn't get a date. And it didn't happen. It wasn't on purpose. I wasn't trying to keep Zicky away from the after show because whenever I started my own show, he was going to be one of my first interviews. That was not at all what happened. It was happenstance. It's what that was. 
and I'm just putting two and two together because that's when the text messages stopped. If that upset you, I'm sorry. I'm fucking sorry, man. I don't know how much more do you want from me at this point? How much more do you want? I'm going to leave this on one last note. I had no intention for this episode to go this long. I'm, I'm sorry. Honestly, I had no intention for it to go this long. I'm going to leave on this one last point. During the summer, one of my best friends came into town. And whenever he was in town, I was actually working a show. And he saw just how busy I was. And he saw just, just how much wrestling had consumed me at this point. And he had asked me if at any point was I going to leave the after show? Was I going to leave that Patreon group and just focus on wrestling? And at that point, I had just started thinking about it. And I'll tell you when I started thinking about it. I just said earlier about me and Zicky in the hotel in Dublin. That was part of that three-day tour. The next night as we were driving back, we had, we had Lions the next day. We were driving back from Lions, and my co-host wanted to record the podcast. I couldn't. Like I said, I was driving. I had a three-and-a-half-hour drive. So he brings Rocky on, brings a couple other people on. And they do an episode without me. And I understand why. You know, he had a schedule to keep. And I could not adhere to the schedule. But I never wanted to miss an episode. I was very adamant about never wanting to miss an episode. So in my head, I said, all right, well, if it's going to get to that point where I can't make it, I need to start thinking about what's next. And my goal was to get more busy with wrestling. So I was like, I, I can't be a detriment to this show. If I can't make it, I'm not going to string them along. So I need to handle this. So I started thinking. And I said, you know, it's going to be one of two dates on when I'm going to leave. It was either going to be the middle of November, which would be the one-year anniversary of the, of the after show. Or it was going to be the beginning of January which was my personal one-year anniversary with the show. I didn't know which one I was going to do. I had started leaning more towards November after, after thinking about it for a while. So if you're listening to this, in a month, I was going to be leaving the show anyway. I was going to be giving at least a four-week notice so that he had plenty of time to replace me. And then maybe I was going to get a decent send-off. But instead, I just got fired. And I didn't get any kind of send-off. And I don't even know if, if everybody that listened to the show, if everybody that tunes into those watch-alongs, I don't even know if all of them know what happened. I hope you listen to this, because you're going to hear what happened. I'm being very honest right now. I'm not leaving anything out. And, and, and I'll be the first one to tell you, I could have been way better. As a person, as a, as a host, as a lot of things, I could have been way better. There was a lot of passive aggressiveness. You know, I was always very open about like, hey, if you guys have a problem with me, please come to me and let's hammer it. Let's take care of this shit immediately. Let's not let it build. Nobody wanted to do that with me. And I think that that attributed to the final result and led to me being let go. That's my story. That is the story about the time I got fired from my last podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm not going to leave you guys with any links or, or any of that shit. That's, this episode's not about that. But uh, 
For any of you guys that did listen and made it through all this, thank you. I appreciate you for sticking around. Your support here at Main Event Heat does mean the world to me. I I would not I would I would not keep doing this show if people weren't listening. So so thank you all very much. And to my my former co-host, if I ever did hurt you in any way, if I ever did upset you, I apologize. I do, and I mean that sincerely. I'm sorry, man. If you ever listen to this, just just know that. I know that I was an asshole, and I didn't mean to be. I'm sorry. I really am. To everybody that listened to that after show and didn't like the stuff I was doing and realized I was making it about me, I apologize to you, too. Some things aren't about me, and I, I've got too big of an ego to realize that sometimes. I'm sorry. To Rocky, I can't believe I'm saying this. Out of everybody, you're the one that I'm a little bit pissed off at still. You know, if, if, if that's true, and you seriously had people writing you, complaining about me, saying that they were going to unsubscribe because of me, oh my god, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm really fucking sorry, dude. I'm really fucking sorry about that. Regardless of of anything else, man. If if that if that actually happened, I'm sorry that I I put you in that situation. That's wrong of me. To everybody else that continues to support me, I know that there are a few people that came over from my time there in that group that have listen to this show and still continue to support me to all of you guys you know exactly who you are thank you i love you i appreciate everything and if i can leave everybody on just one last note just try to be more positive it's 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 really easy to be negative it's really easy to be negative but but you don't know what what other people are going through you've got no idea what's going on in some people's heads just just keep that in mind, okay? Try to love everybody. And if you can't love them, leave them alone. Thank you.